Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. I am your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I am so glamorously sitting on the floor in my closet in my bedroom because we are week, I don't even know what the, what week it is, maybe like four weeks into being quarantined during one of the craziest things that we are all living through. Um, I have Jordan working in our bedroom. We have Ezra taking a nap right now. And our 1,000 square foot apartment is getting real tight real fast. But there's this weird part of me that's actually enjoying this family time, um, extra time with Jordan and Ezra. And it's crazy to think that there is this pandemic going on in the world and I it's scary and we don't know how to react and besides just to keep our distance and do what we can to keep our health in order um, but it definitely has made me really shift my perspective on things and I'm even more grateful now more than ever for my health and my family and my job and my brand and it sounds so cheesy and corny and whatever but I'm just sending all of the love to anyone who has been impacted from this pandemic. I, You guys are in my thoughts, truly. I have been talking to a lot of you through um, Instagram messaging, some of you who are laid off from your jobs or your businesses aren't doing well, and I'm here to help. I'm here to support you, and I'm truly just sending you guys all of the love and best vibes during this time. And I actually contemplated taking a break from the podcast for until like this kind of died down a little bit, but, and I did skip a week and I got so many inquiries asking if the podcast episode was coming out and my heart was like breaking that I didn't edit this on time to share. So apologies for being a week late. It's good to know that you guys are still downloading episodes and listening to them. That means so much to me. I hope that this can help distract you during this time. That's why I've been like cranking away content in the kitchen and making all of the yummy recipes for us to enjoy. So thank you guys and thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. In today's episode, I sit down with my dear friend, Sarah Larson-Levy. She is the founder and CEO of the Hip Hop Yoga phenomenon Y7, which was started here in New York City a few years ago and has expanded really all throughout the city and into Brooklyn. And they now are in LA. They recently opened in Chicago. And Sarah walks us through the journey of starting her brand, how she got to where she is today. You guys know I love getting to hear all about inspiring business owners and really how they grew their empires. And it's not always easy. It takes a lot of hustle, a lot of determination. Sarah actually tells us she worked full time for a while while running Y7 and growing it, which was it's just beyond impressive. And right now, more than ever, I would love for you guys to give Y7 as much love and support as you can. Head on over to like their Instagram and website. Find out how you can support their amazing instructors and the studios. So please show them some extra love right now, as well as any of the other small businesses and places that you know of that you know could use a little extra love and support. Sarah and I also talk about her journey getting pregnant and unfortunately having a couple of miscarriages. Sarah is now in the podcast recording. She's about seven months pregnant, I believe. And we recorded this a couple months ago. So Sarah is actually due very soon. So I'm so excited for her and her family and the amazing journey that they're about to embark on together. 
If you guys enjoy this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, screenshot, share it, post it, anything you're comfortable with. Uh, But the support means so much to me. And definitely share this with any of your friends who may be unfortunately going through a miscarriage or having difficulty getting pregnant. So let me know what you think of this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Simple Mills. Now, you guys know over on my blog and Instagram that we eat a lot of Simple Mills over here. We love their cookies, their crackers, everything that they make. But today we are going to be talking about the OG, the almond flour baking mixes. I don't know why I just started saying that, but their baking mixes are the absolute best ever. They're made with ingredients that you would find all in your own kitchen, like almond flour, coconut sugar, coconut flour, baking soda, cinnamon. Everything is super simple. All of their baking mixes are non-GMO verified. They're all gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free. All you'll need from your own kitchen are eggs or flax eggs, oil, water. It's really it. It is beyond impressive how they do what they do. Some of their mixes are like chocolate chip cookies, pancakes, brownies, pumpkin muffins, banana muffins, and they're so versatile. I take their pizza dough mix and I turn it into bagels. I turn it into garlic knots. I've made a brownie bread before that is actually to die for. I dream of it often. It tastes like a chocolate lava cake with like these melted chocolate chips coming out. Oh my God. So good. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Sarah. Hi, <laughs> we are sitting in the Y7 office down on Bowery, and I'm sitting here with Sarah Larson Levy, the founder of Y7, the hot yoga hip hop phenomenon over that has boomed in the last like five years. Has it been four years? Six. Six. six years? I know it feel it. It feels weird to say six because six feels like such a long time, but... Oh my gosh. Yeah. It goes so fast though because I mean, this time really does fly though because when this past February was five full years of me having like an Instagram and blog and I was like, how has it been five years already? It feels like... I it. It's so hard to explain because it the time really does fly And when you're like in the beginning stages, everything is so busy that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing this. And then you kind of black it out. Yes. And it's all a blur, but then it feels like yesterday, but also feels like 7,000 years ago. Exactly. Um, So let's backtrack a bit. So you came from, you come from the Midwest, which to me is like a different country because I've only been to the Midwest once. What brought you to New York originally? So I went to the University of Wisconsin. Um, oh, cool. yeah. Okay. So I went to, well, I grew up in Michigan. I went to school at Wisconsin. Um, and I know a lot of my friends just after college moved here. This is where like I wanted to be. I did an internship, um, one summer here and I don't know that that was kind of like it for me. I was like, New York. That's- did you have a job here when you came? No. So what happened was I moved home for a little bit because my parents were like, we love you. We're oh my not gosh, that paying is so nice. for you to move to a city <laughs> if you don't have a job. I was like, fair. Um, so I moved home for a little bit to try and figure out if it was going to be like New York, Chicago. I didn't know where I wanted to go really. Um, so I was home for about six months, I would say, just working and you know figuring out what I wanted to do. I landed on New York. I came for a week and I had 
like six interviews. I just like stacked my week. I got a job and moved two weeks later. And what did you major in? Like what were, what kind of job were you looking for at the so time? So my job or my major was in um, consumer science with okay. a focus on retail wholesale management. So oh, I actually, fine. Were, yeah, it was cool. Wisconsin actually has like this really incredible retail program and fashion program, fashion design program. Um, it's all backed by like Kohl's and Target because they're um, all Wisconsin, Minnesota brands. Yeah. So really, really smart people and professors. And then they do a program where if you're in the design school, you actually do your senior year at FIT. That is awesome. Which is, I think... And it's like, like a way into New York to like get here faster. Yeah, it's just like really cool. You can still get like, you know, in-state tuitions, like a thing. College is expensive. New York mm-hmm. is expensive. And so they have this really cool deal with um, FIT and you can do your senior year at FIT if you get into the design program. It's really, really exclusive. But the apparel design program is like really great. So um, I I got a job in fashion. I got got to do exactly what I majored in, which I think is really rare for people. Um, But I was really, really well equipped for it. So I went in um, as a sales assistant. And then uh, by the time I left for um, to do Y7 full-time, I was a brand manager at a multi-line showroom. So I oversaw... Already- How long were you working in fashion for, though? Oh, I was mm, 2000... Like five years? Yeah. And we were just talking earlier before this how, like, we think it's so important to have, like, a full-on, like, best, desk job and jobs. get the full, like, grind of eight or nine to five or six. And I... Well, it's so different because I graduated... So I graduated college in... May of 2009. Okay. So it was that like there were no jobs. Nothing. There was nothing. Like I thought about going into advertising and when I was home um, back in Michigan, you know, BBDO had an entire office dedicated to Chrysler. They shut the entire office down because the car industry was just like dying. Like my mom was forced to take early retirement and it was just like, it was, it was like a Detroit was like a ghost town. It was really, really crazy. Um, it's since like turn around. It's like such a cool city now, but I have to go. I've never yeah. been a lot. Few people had requested it for the book tour and it's kind of something I would do like later in the yeah. year, I think, but I've never, I I've only been it. to Chicago. Shinola has like a hotel. Like it's really? really cool. Like downtown's really, really cool. The food scene is awesome. Like, do you think you'll bring Y7 there ever? I want to. We can get into that later. Yeah. Okay. All right. So lots of things. You're, you were working in fashion. Where did you like grow up loving yoga? Like, walk us through like that's a crazy uh, I know it's, it's a weird transition so what happened is is I actually pinched my sciatic nerve in oh, late wow. summer 2012 and I had to be like taken to the hospital because I couldn't walk like I didn't know that's what happened like I just oh was gosh. in such excruciating Do you know how pain you did so I have like a little bit of um, scoliosis but I guess it's just because like I had not been walking right my entire life. And I was walking on the beach. I was on Fire Island and I was walking on uneven, like you sand and the ground is not flat. And I, something just tweaked in my back and I like was down for the count. Um, so I was never like that into working out or anything like that, but I was like, you know, a couple times a week, like just taking a spin class, like the gym down the street from me or like walking, you know, on an incline on the treadmill, like Mm -hmm. one does. (laughs) Um, like I do who didn't love working out. 
Um, I thought that that was like the it workout in college, like just walking on the treadmill for hours. Yeah, on an in, hours on, on an, an incline. incline. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is good for the backs of your thighs and your butt, but that's like it's not really doing it. It's much a, boring. It's really boring. <laughs> I know. I can only do it now if I have a podcast on. Yes, exactly. So, hey there, tall your treadmill walkers. If you're listening to this, <laughs> if anyone's on the treadmill, you're gonna, you're gonna get through this. You're gonna we're get through it. We're gonna help you get through this. Um, so I pinched my sciatic nerve and I didn't walk for like a week. Like the uh, physical therapy was really like intense to get out of it. And I still couldn't do a lot of intense cardio before, you know, I had to really work on building up my core strength and my posterior chain is what it was. And so yoga was the only thing that I could do. So did you and, find a studio to go to or? Well, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. I tried to. I was not happy with any of the studios that I was trying. I probably tried over a dozen studios in the city and it's not like they were bad. I just never left feeling fulfilled. I never left feeling like I got a really great workout. I always, you know, when I was in the room, that's like bright lights, all these mirrors, I was constantly like, I'm really hard on myself. That's just how I am. And it was never a good feeling for me to leave a studio being like, I literally have to go do either something else or I can't eat. So do you mean like you like from like a body image perspective yeah. or you like didn't, weren't doing the like poses well enough? Yeah. And it was, you know, these rooms are filled with beautiful, tall, gorgeous, like people who are bendy. And I was just like, and that's, you know, I don't think that's typical of every experience, but that was 90% of the classes I was going to. And, you know, I'd go into a space and it immediately be like, Oh, who, what, well, what class are you taking? What level are you? And I'm like, I, what? I don't know. I don't, uh, I just, I just want to take a yoga class. I just want to know about the schedule. Um, and I was just met with kind of like an, Oh, like you don't know enough to be here yet kind of thing. And I just, you know, I just wanted a place where I could kind of work on what I wanted to work on. And I wanted to be met with kind of acceptance and um, I I just couldn't find it. And I wanted to have fun. Like I wanted to enjoy my workout. Well, that's the thing. Like I can relate like a, a lot when it comes to like finding a yoga spot. Like Jordan, my husband loves yoga so and funny. My husband loves it too. Like we'll go like and the, anywhere. We have a place around the corner from us. And we used to go actually when I was pregnant and like you would go like before that, like on weekends. And I would just lay there because I was so bored and I like couldn't do it. And it's like nothing against like traditional yoga practices in itself. Like I've tried so many, but like I'm in there and I, I'm not that flexible. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm not able to do the pose the way it's supposed to be done. And then I would leave there just feeling also like just defeated. Um, so what, what, like how, like, I feel like I've never left the yoga studio saying, I'm going to start my own yoga studio with hip hop and pitch. It's going to be pitch black. It's going to be fucking awesome. Like I've never left there saying uh, that. So, <laughs> so you did get inspired from I did get inspired right? from it. And I really credit my, he was just my boyfriend at the time, but I credit my husband for that because he is like, he's this startup guy. Like that's who he is. Like, he's like, I think he just got really sick of me complaining to be honest <laughs> and was like, well, let's just make our own. I want I it to be that. like, dark. I want it to be mirrorless. I want, 
people to come in and not feel like this pressure to look like a certain instructor, to look like what they see, you know, with these yoga images on the internet, but know that like everyone's pose is going to look different. Like, you know, you, you all can't see us, but I am five, eight and pregnant and right now, and my body is different than Rachel's is right now. And we're never going to look the same because how tall are you? I have six. Exactly. Like we're, those two inches matter. Mm -hmm. The lengths of our arms are different. Our torsos are different lengths. So we will never look the same in a pose, no matter how advanced our practice is. No, it's so true. And nobody tells you that. And it's just simple anatomy. It has nothing to do with your skill level. It's anatomy. So it's, you know, no one tells you that everyone, and it's not a wrong thing, but I found a lot of teachers saying, you know, like, look at me or look at, you know, this person in the front as the and example, as the example. And I think that's fine. But then you kind of get this idea of like, oh, I need to look like that instead of feeling the pose in your body. Mm. So I wanted to take all of those distractions out. I love that. I wanted it to just be you in the room with your body feeling how you should feel in the poses. And that was really important to me. So no mirrors, dark, candlelit. I wanted it heated. I wanted to move. I wanted to feel like I got a workout, but I wanted the benefit of the poses at the same time. So. And you have a unique approach though, too. Cause like even in the class, like you could do whatever you want. Is it like a full song? Yeah. So yeah, we do, um, of the three flows, you get, um, the third time you go through that flow. So you'll go through, um, an alignment round, which is basically like, you know, where your feet should be, where your hips should be, what muscles you should be engaging. Then you go through that same flow, one breath, one movement guided by the instructor. And then you can take it again for about two, three minutes and you can do that on your own. And that's the time to really engage in any binds, arm balances, you know, or if you're having an off day and you want to take a child's pose, or if you're injured and you want to take out something that doesn't feel great. That's your time to do it. Make it your own. And like practice something that you're like working on. I remember when I took a class in like, I think it was the Flatiron. It was on 23rd, mm-hmm. the, the Flatiron location. And the person actually like wasn't even doing like what we were like told, like showed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. I could do whatever the heck I want. So I just started like stretching and it was amazing because I was able to do something that like fueled my body and like it was right. like what it was craving. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's really the inspiration behind it. And the music part is just fun. Like... I wanted to have fun. I don't think it has to, everything has to be so serious. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have, you know, six months of studying the sutras under your belt. Like you don't. I don't don't. even know what sutra is. Exactly. That's my point. I'm glad you said that because that's my point. I would walk into these classes and teachers would be like, you know, in the sutra 2.1, they say, and you're like, and I would immediately shut down because I was like, oh, fuck, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what's going on. And I would, I would be, I would feel dumb or, you know, and that's not a great feeling when you're trying to do something for yourself. Totally. To better yourself. It's not great to feel like that. So the Dharma that we do as well in the class is really, really life applicable. So, you know, like take what inspires you today that's and amazing. just like use that cue. So when Mason had motivated you to like open this space, where was the first studio? <laughs> this is so silly. Were you working so, still for a time? Yeah. So job? I didn't actually quit my job until um, two years Holy shit. into having the studio. So I didn't quit my job until we opened Flatiron, which How was our third location. That? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I blacked out. But I think when you like 
when you want something and you believe in something and, you know, fitness is super interesting because you, you know, you make the time for it. And what's, you know, the main, the peak times of classes are before and after work. So So if you think about it, that's what we were doing. We were running a a 7am and an 8.15am. I would still be able to be at work by 9am because I would let the teacher close the studio. I would check in the 8.15am. Oh my gosh. Then go to work. Work all day. Yeah. And then I'd like bolt at like six. And did your full-time job know what you were doing? Um. Like, do they have any idea? No. Okay. Like, Not in the beginning. Like, you're like so empowered. Like, you don't even know what I did this yeah, morning. Yeah, because it's like, I didn't want to. I I have like a lot of respect for the side hustle, but also I had a lot of respect for the people who were like paying me. I had a job. It's the only reason I was able to do this. So I didn't want there to be any thought of I'm not focused when I'm at work. Like when I was at work, it was about work and like I was doing my job and I wanted it to remain focused on that. I didn't want, you know, any distraction kind of coming in. And that's what ultimately led to the decision of me leaving my job was because I felt I wasn't giving 100% to either one. When did you know it was time to leave your full-time job to run Y7? Oh, um, because you probably, yeah, I waited. So we had, well, we had the space in Williamsburg, which was, um, we were in a building with a lot of other spaces. So little things like that you don't think about, like cleaning the bathrooms or trash pickup or things like that were all taken care of by the building. So, you know, it's think about it like an apartment building, like you're responsible for your own apartment, but that's it. And then the Soho location, we actually popped up within the monster cycle on Lafayette. And that was kind of the same thing. We were subletting their yoga space from them because they were cycling. They're like cycling guys. Um, And because of the noise restrictions on the building, their studio was in the basement. But they had this beautiful ground floor space they weren't doing that much with. So there was a lot of, you know, we were able to kind of co-hire and things like that. So a little bit of like the pressure was taken off of me to kind of run everything because we went into an already operating business. And then once we opened Flatiron. So that was the third location. Flatiron was the third location. I was like, oh, I have to do all this. I have to coordinate this. I have to like figure out like how to staff and clean the bathrooms and I have to coordinate trash pickup. I have to do the internet. Like I have to, there's so much more when you're responsible for everything. And that's when I was like, okay, I can't do this. If I can't be at the studio, you know, at 2 PM to let in, you know, the cleaners for the deep cleaner, like say, I don't know, say like the power's out or something's like, I don't know. I couldn't do that because I had a job. No, that's hard. And it's also like at that point, you probably are going to start getting distracted and like, oh, I wonder if this, like, I, I, if you have someone else working for you to like do that, I wonder if this went well, like, how is this going to work? And also with a studio like yours, like, and especially now there's so many freelancers and people that work for themselves, the times of classes, like, you know, when I go to work, I'll have set at nine, nine forty-five. sometimes there's like 30 people in it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's good to like be there probably for like anything. Absolutely. And, you know, it was still at the point where I was working like a lot of the shifts and we weren't like really, you know, we didn't have like a huge staff. So if someone like called out or was sick or was late, like it was kind of on me. Yeah. So that was really like, you know, the main driver for me leaving was I have to focus on this. And I gave it a year. 
I was like, listen, I'll give it a year. And if it doesn't work out, like I can always go back. Yeah, that's what literally everyone says. I told myself I'd give myself six months. If I couldn't make it work, I'd find a full-time job. Yeah. I was like, I can go back. Like, and the job I had was really kind of transferable to different markets. Like if you're an account executive, like, and you know how to work with accounts, you can kind of take that to advertising. It's still the same kind of innate skill set of communication and things like yeah, that. The so, yeah. The not going anywhere. Right. And I was like, okay, like, and if I wanted to go back into fashion, like it's an industry that has been the same for so long, <laughs> still not really changing. So yeah. it's a, you know, it's a slow changing industry. So I felt confident that if this didn't work out, it just wanted to stay a side hustle, then that's what it would be. Now, when did Mason come, your husband? Well, first of all, when did you get, do you get married before you opened Y7? You said boyfriend. After. So we, we had just gotten engaged when we did like the pop-up in the summer of 2013. And we got married in March of 2014. And we had just had, we just had Williamsburg. That was it. So the uh, first Soho location came January, 2015. Flatiron came March 2015. And what was there one in Union Square? Is it still it's there? It's still there. Oh, I, I've been to that yeah. one a few times. Yeah, okay. that one. That was 2016. Okay. And did you meet Mason in New York or do you know him from home? No. So I know him from home. We actually met um, at a mutual friend's house party. And like we met in a basement. In Wisconsin? <laughs> no, in Michigan. I We've known oh. each other since we were 18. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. We didn't date throughout college. We didn't. Um, start okay. dating until we were like 22, but we've been together for like 10 years. That's amazing. Jordan yeah. I've been together 10 years yeah. in March. It's, I feel like a grandma, yeah. but you know, I, old. Yeah. I feel it old. goes really fast. Yes. Um, and then you, so you both moved to New York then? Both moved to New York. Yeah. Okay. It was, you know, our families are in Michigan, but they're selling, there was no jobs. There was no work. No. And so the idea of going to New York just sounds so exciting to people too. Yeah. Like, like I always knew that I was like going to want to live in this area like yeah. my whole life. I'm like, I'm going to live in New York. Like it just, I don't know. It's contagious. I have that too. I have that too. I think some people get overwhelmed and it's a lot. The city's a lot. Yeah. A lot of it's my friends that come to visit there. I don't know how you do this. Like someone I was walking on the sidewalk today to walk. I live in Hoboken. I was walking to the path, which we need to get to like why, why seven's not in Hoboken. But and the guy is kind of sidewalk called me a C U N T. And I'm like, only here is only here. going to call that call me. He was riding a bike on the sidewalk and I was in his way. And I was on the phone with my friend who lives in Florida. She goes, Really? Did someone just say that to you? I'm like, Yes, someone just said that to me. You have to be so tough skinned to just like roll it off your shoulders. You're like, it is what whatever. It is. Yeah. Um, and now you Y7 is in LA. LA. So we have New York, LA and Chicago will be opening in like a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So do you have a team like there? Like how so are you going to be there a lot? Like how are you Yeah. Doing so this? we run everything. My, our New York office is where my leadership team is. And then we, um, and that's where we are, right? That's where okay. we are. That's where we are. We're in conference room B right now. <laughs> Um, and then I have a team in LA and we're building our team in Chicago as we speak. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, I'm so happy for you. This is amazing. So I want to transition a bit into pregnancy. Yes. Is there, well, before I do, is there anything else about Y7 that you want to chat about besides that everyone needs Mm -hmm. to go check it out? Actually, this last, this past Sunday, my brother, um, has like a new girlfriend 
And she was trying to get him to go to Y7. Listen, there are a lot of Y7 couples out there. So, right? But Seth, like, my, he didn't know, like, the vibe of Y7. She had no idea I was interviewing you this week. And so they're sitting at my kitchen. He's like, yeah, like, I don't really do yoga. I did. She, we did Bikram once together. Oof. And my dad wanted to try it. He's like, you know, uh, work at, like, junk, yeah. like, loves trying new things and so Jordan and I were like, all right, we'll go. We all went in Florida. Seth came. I forgot that my brother left the class because he just was like not feeling well. It was so hot. And I was like, I was going to like vomit. Um, and I remember saying, Seth, Seth, like, this is like hip hop. Like it's dark. There's no mirrors. You're going to love it. Like Drake can play in the background. He's like, oh, all right, I'll go. I'll go. And it's like a great way. And it's funny because Jordan craves the more like namaste, like. Yeah. traditional yoga and I'm like the only way that I can do yoga is if I'm like it's dancing a little yeah like, is Jordan super type a no I am that's so funny yeah because usually I find the people who love Bikram or Shlanga love that really like routine like you know because it's the same poses over and over again yes. I am want to scratch my eyeballs out I'm so bored I'm like get me out of here do you do any other workouts in yeah the yeah like what are your favorites I do so, um, I'm very lucky. New York Pilates is in the building. So I, I almost walked in there on my way here. Yeah, yeah. I run down the stairs barefoot, um, all the time. People think I'm a lunatic, but I love Pilates. I, you know, again, since my back injury, it's just like me having that core strength is so important. And, um, so I love Pilates. I will, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do spin classes sometimes, not very often. Um, I just, I'm a Pilates and yoga girl. I'll do you do the bar? I get very bored during bar. Which I bar classes have you tried? I don't want to say them because it's not That's like... That's okay. You can tell me after. Okay. I'll tell you <laughs> after. Because so I feel bad because I don't think it's like the quality of the class. It's just like no, a, a but me like, thing. If everyone, if the same, if everyone was meant to do the same workout, like that yeah. every single... I like... You know, Everyone like everyone's I body liked does, the does workout. I was just like very bored, which made it hard for me to... Yeah. Be there. I'm like a bar three. I've never done. I've never done bar three. Okay. Let's go. Cause it's good for pregnancy too. I went my whole pregnancy. You did. I'm very particular. I've been going there for six years now. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. I'm like very, I love it. I'm down to try. But it's different than any, I've gone to like any other bar studio and I like, don't like, I just like, I'm very bored too. Um, and like, I still come in from Hoboken it's cause it's on the corner of the path station. Oh. So I'll come in from Hoboken and like go and then like, it's easier when I lived in battery park, it takes me less time now to get to bar three from Hoboken than when I lived in battery park. It's oh, like so, so easy, but that's where okay. it was before I I'll came here. I love it. We'll go. Um, I do have a couple more questions about Y7. So you'll see soon that like pregnancy brain is real and then mom brain is real. And like you literally. Oh, I know. I've oh been in meetings and I can't like find words. I'm like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just can't speak right now. Stall. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it doesn't get better. At least it hasn't for me, but I'm a year I in, I'm like starting. I lose words. Like I'm not yes. forgetting things that I said or like I'm not forgetting like I'm not forgetting meetings or like anything like that. I'm like. I, I keep, I, I use the, it's like using the word great, like 17 times in a sentence mm-hmm. because I can't think of another word for great. I'm like, well, this is just the word I'm going to yes. use, I guess. A hundred percent. Or I'll have like brain fog sometimes when I'm like going to do something and then I'm doing it. I'm like, what am I doing again? And then I can't like say it. Like it's, I don't know. Your brain, your body's like so preparing you though, because like it's just preparing you for like what you're about to embark on. Like the most like magical, wildest journey in the entire world. Um, so Mason, 
when did he leave his full-time job? Because he worked with you for a while. Yeah. So he um, he left his full-time job late summer 2015. And what was he um, doing? He was working in digital advertising. Okay. So he was in digital advertising. Um, he ended up leaving when we decided to relocate Soho to the current location and also open LA. Okay. Just a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, I'm leaving too. And I was like, cool. Oh Let's my do this. That's amazing. Yeah. And he has, um, he left, he left Y7. He's still involved. Um, still a board member and owner, but he left in probably early, like early spring 2018 to he's like I said, he's a startup guy. Like, yeah. What is he his, doing now? So he has, um, a meditation concept called wave and cool. it's, we have one here. I'll show you. Um, and it's basically fusing, uh, meditation with, um, music vibration. So they've developed this vibration technology that picks up on the low frequency vibrations of the content they're creating. They're creating all their own music from scratch and the vibrations all have specific, um, you know, energies of calming or energizing. And so you're on a cushion that is vibrating simultaneously with the meditation. And it's a really cool way to kind of get your whole body to get in that meditative state. You know, I think it's a little bit like what we did for the yoga industry where a lot of people have a hard time getting into meditation because their mind does wander. They feel like they're not doing it right or they're not good at it. So mm-hmm. you kind of stop and I get it. Like I'm not, I'm everyone's like clear your mind. And then all of a sudden I think about 85 things where I was meditate? brain dead. Like, did you meditate before he started this concept? No, I'm still, I'm still not great at it to be honest with you. Um, he gets really mad at me. He's like, why don't you use it? I'm like, you know, but I think that like his concept could get me to meditate because it's if it's vibrating like on my ass, like I'm going to remember like what I'm doing. And it's if it's almost just like a jolt, like, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, there's different um, there's different frequencies for every kind of like, you know, that is that really want. cool. So, yeah, that's what he's doing. So now. he's like a serial. Like, he is. Everyone's like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, honestly, this I don't even like I would never call myself that because I feel like it was more of an a serendipitous like thing that happened. And I just happen to feel really passionate about this thing. Like yeah. I don't feel that way about like starting companies in general. Whereas like, that's the kind of person that like he is like, he loves like starting things, like getting them off the jump. But when you hear of like a lot of founders and like CEOs of companies, they all have that background. Like almost every single one has like, you know, has numerous things before they like get to like either yeah. the one thing that like sticks or they just, you know, they sell the one thing and like makes out so well and then they go on to the next one and they yeah. just keep going, going, going. It's like a domino effect. Yeah. Um, for Y7 then, did you guys bring on investors to help you? Yeah, we did. So we were self-funded up until our sixth location. So That's up really until, impressive. Thank you. <laughs> so up until 20, like late fall 2016, um, until we opened Upper East Side, we were um, self-funded. Um, and then it's actually like, I love this story so much. It just like, I don't know, it. we have a really great relationship with our private equity firm. So it's, and the way the relationship came about is just so organic is one of our instructors it was her boyfriend at the time. It's now her husband. Um, she wrote me an email and she's like, hey, like, you know, my boyfriend works at a private equity firm. Like, 
have you guys thought about taking money? Like he takes class, my class all the time. I was just like wondering, you know, and I know we're opening a lot. And I was like, no, we haven't. She was like, well, would you want to? And I was like, okay. So you didn't even have to do like the quintessential. Like, I didn't going, have to do the whole shop myself money. around thing. We met with them. And what was incredible about them and I think why we waited so long to even entertain taking on institutional money was that I didn't want anyone changing the DNA of the brand. That was super important to me. Like, yes, if we added, you know, six different types of class, could we be attractive to more people? Probably. But I don't want to do that. I created this because there was too much variety. At That's a lot amazing. of these other studios, and I couldn't find the consistency that I was craving. So for me, I didn't want any of that. I understand it, but I'm not in this to like, I didn't start this to make money. I started this to have a place where I could practice. Yeah. And I always wanted that to stay at like the heart of the business. So, you know, it, it wasn't that enticing to me to take on money just to have it. No, that's amazing. And that's like smart too, because a lot of the times, and I've seen this with a lot of like the CPG brands in the space, like they get acquired or they take outside capital and then it changes. And like for them, it's like the ingredients change. You know, for you, your classes, that's the ingredients. That's what like right. makes your product yeah. and that's what makes your classes special. So it was smart. And it's, and, it's, not- and it's hard. Like I understand why brands do it because it's like, okay, do you I let to. this die or do I evolve a little bit? Yeah. And you have to be okay with evolving and doing that kind of thing. It just, you know, we were lucky enough where we had solidified our place within the boutique fitness mm-hmm. market. We got in at the right time. And, you know, I feel very lucky that, you know, our private equity partners do not want to touch our class experience. That's amazing. Which for me has been so incredible because it's allowed us, I think, to build a really, really strong brand and a strong reputation mm-hmm. um, where people know what they're getting when they walk into a Y7. And they see it's working. So like, yeah. if it's not broken, why Yeah. Not? And where they've been amazingly helpful is, you know, real estate, um, getting my financials in order, actually me knowing what paying good rent means. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Whereas like, I thought it was a great deal. And it's like, actually it's not because if, you know, the rent may be low, but like this location's not. Yeah, the best where it may be worth it to pay a little bit more if you're going to see more people. So no, it's so you know true. it got me to think about the business in a totally different way, which has been incredible. Where do you think that the boutique fitness industry is going to be going? Oh gosh, well, like where do you think Y Seven is going to be going? I you know we're we're playing with a lot of different ideas and how that looks. Um, we're super excited to get into Chicago. Next month, it's a huge play for us. Yeah, um, I know a lot know, of Chicago people that are gonna be so excited. We're so happy, and I'm from the Midwest. I spent so much time there. You know, I like I grew up there, so for me, it's such a special feeling of being able to bring that there. And you know, it's it's seeing how that plays out and if that works. And I think New York and LA are such incredible cities, and you know, but I don't think that they are indicative of the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. So Chicago for me is so exciting because it's, you know, I think one of the probably the biggest American city outside of New York and LA population wise and just like how big the city is. And a hundred percent. So I'm excited to see like if this is something that, you know, and New York is so funny because there's just so many people here. Right. There's so many people. There's so many options. Like we are so lucky that we have access to the best boutique fitness 
in the country. And every day there's new places. Every day there's new classes popping up and it's so cool and it's so fun to see. And fitness truly is like, you know, when boutique fitness really popped up, like seven, eight years ago, like it's become a huge part of our lifestyle now, Mm -hmm. right? Like I could have never imagined like now spending my time after work at a class rather than happy hour. Yeah. Cause that just like, it's wild to me that that's like a thing. And, but it's true. That's what people do now. And it's so cool, but I don't, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see if other cities want to follow that same thing. So we'll see. I'm really excited. There's no, you know, I want to be in, you know, I want to be all over the place. That's amazing. Um, so to transition a bit, so Sarah is, how far along are you? I'm five and a half months pregnant. Five and a half months pregnant. How are you feeling? I You have that pregnancy glow. I do. That's so nice. I can't tell. You do. I just feel like I look tired all the time. No. Um, I, I feel really good right now. I was horribly ill until about 15 weeks. Like morning sickness? Uh, No, not morning, just constant. I felt like I had the worst hangover of my life for 15 weeks, but I got to have no fun to earn the hangover. I was throwing up every morning like clockwork. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I know. And I have so many friends who are pregnant right now. They're like, I feel great. I'm like, I hate you all. Like I'm a monster. I might just not. I think I'm just one of those people, but thank God I'm past it now. Did it stop three months? Yeah. It stopped at around like 15 weeks. So, and now I I feel back to normal aside from, was there anything that you were able to do to like help cope with that? Honestly, I did everything, you know, the proper real, they say ginger, saltines, water, uh, nothing. I always felt, because when I was pregnant, I always felt so bad because people would ask me like, how did you get through the first trimester? I'm like, get through it. I, I was doing cartwheels. Like Felt so good. It's so funny. It's everyone's so, everyone's so just different. different. Everyone's just different. I have friends who, my one of my best girlfriends from growing up, she was just sick the whole time. Oh my god, that's horrible. Like I she was sick the whole like time. Weeks because it's, it's your sucks. last nine months or so, like X amount of months where you're like having yourself and to like not feel yourself, you almost get like you like miss out I on know, that. I know, and you want to like enjoy it. You do. It's like one of those things mm-hmm. where you want to be like you know, you get excited to feel a kick and like all yeah. these things and you want to feel good. And some so, people just don't, some people just like, it, I, I, everyone's just so different. No, so. do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? I do. I'm having a boy. Yeah. Do you have a name picked out? We do. Don't tell me. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to. But I we ask, do. but I never expect people to say it. I would be like, yes, yeah. I have a name, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. It's a, fa- it's a family. Yeah. We're taking oh, some cues from, it. you know, people in our family. So. So you had a bit of a journey you did. when it came to, I'm not going to say getting pregnant, but more so like keeping mm-hmm. the baby. And I've like opened up numerous times about like my infertility struggles. Mm-hmm. Like I had a lot of difficulty conceiving. Um, now, are you comfortable sharing a bit yeah, more yeah. about your story? Of course, and yeah. I'd love to hear um, about your journey. Yeah. So I, um, we have always wanted kids. So that was never like a thing. Um, and then we, you know, as Y7 kind of took off, we just kind of put it, we just struggled like when, right? So I, I went off birth control, um, right before my 31st birthday. Um, and, and I'd been on it since I was like 16 and 
you know, I got off it. I was like, listen, like, I'm just going to go off. Let's How just. How long were you on it for? Like 16 years. Yeah. 15, 15. Yeah. I can't. Sorry. I can't do math. No, um, yeah. Probably like 15 years, you know, because they, everyone, I was responsible. So Same. I thought no one talks to you about fertility when yeah. you're fertile. <laughs> no, they I just, was on it for 10 years. I yeah. had no idea. And you have no idea that it's just just no one tells you and it, it kind of sucks and looking back i wish someone had been like you can do this but also understand that like what you're doing to your body and you should probably get off of it or like here's a better option here's how you can not, track your exactly something your body yeah so i you know who knows if the, and there's not enough research to know if like it's actually if it had anything to do with my miscarriages so I went off birth control in September of uh, September 2017 was my last month on it. I was pregnant by the end of November. That's amazing. Yeah. Which was, I, you know, again, they say it takes like, you know, at least three months for your body to recalibrate to like three to six to like get like, you know, all the birth control out. And then, you know, it could take a year from when you get off of it because it's just your body's in a different place, right? So it's, you know, just readjusting and you don't have this steady flow of hormones that you've been used to for so long. So I got pregnant very quickly, which we were very surprised, but like really, really stoked. Um, And I went in for my like first sonogram at 10 and a half weeks because we opened Silver Lake. So I was in L.A., from like my eight, my eighth and ninth week, I was in LA. When did you know that? Like, how far along were you when you knew you were pregnant? We actually found out on my birthday. We found out on my birthday, December sixteenth. Um, so I was probably four weeks, like early. I was like, like you two on days. A stick. Is that how you found yeah. out? Yeah, okay. I was like, I've always been really regular. So I was like two days late, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to get a pregnancy Holy test. Shit. Yeah, I was two days late. Sorry, and I was like, I, I'm, something's happening. Very in tune. Yeah. So I took the pregnancy test, called the doctor. They're like, great. Eight, you know, we like to see eight to 10. I went in um, at like 10 and a half weeks and I was sick and everything. Like I had morning sickness, which same, they same all same say that like, it's a good sign um, because your body is like changing with the hormones. Um, so they weren't worried about me coming in at like 10 and a half. And I went in and there was nothing there. No heartbeat. And that's like, well, when you I go didn't in, even see an embryo. There was nothing. I just had like an empty sack. Were you showing at all at that time? I was definitely bloated. Like I just looked bloated. Yeah. Um, But my placenta had started to form. So they wanted to wait to see. I didn't bleed at all. They wanted to see if I would naturally miscarry. So I ended up having a DNC at like 11 weeks. I waited five days because they wanted to just, you know, had you told anyone that you were pregnant? Uh-huh. We were so excited. I know. Just like the people closest to us, but still, yeah, but it's still, like a thing, like you know. People. Um, and so I had a DNC at like 11 weeks, um, which was also really hard because it's a major surgery. I'd never ha- I've never had surgery before. Could you explain that like for whatever you're yeah, talking, like not so, too much in depth? Yeah, so DNC is, is basically where they just – scrape you basically scrape your insides out um they do it to get dna um and then to get just kind of like you know 
clean out your uterus basically to yeah. make sure there's nothing left over because it could be infection. And, and did you have like con- you know, like cramping and contractions? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I had that. We were able to get DNA, which is great. Um, so they were able to test it. And the embryo ended up having um, trisomy 16, which is a, uh, it's a chromosomal disorder. It's completely random. It's not, it has nothing to do with my genetic history or Mason's. It's okay. just one of those things that happens. Um, and it actually accounts for around 30% of miscarriages. Um, wow. and it's a good, you want to, it's one of the things they test for in your panorama test when you do the blood test and you run a chromosomal test, um, for any gene mutations. Um, it's one of the ones they recommend you terminating for because, you know, the baby has a lifespan of about a couple hours once you deliver. So it's, you know, obviously it's up to the mother what and the yeah. parents what they want to do, but I can't even imagine. It's it's a tough one. So it was a it was a blessing. Yeah, was, it was I a good really thing that blessing, it is. It's a to... your body knows what to do, and I think that's kind of the cool thing about the body is you know if anyone who has been pregnant or is in their pregnancy journey, like the body does know what to do, which it's is a pretty lot inc- which yeah, which is pretty incredible. So um, that was my first one. And then I was not prepared for like the recovery, the surgery, like it's just long. The recovery is two weeks, nothing in. And you are, there's so much inflammation, like you're crampy. It's just really uncomfortable. Um, And then it takes anywhere from six to 10 weeks to get your period back. So then there's that waiting period. Yeah. It's like see um, how your body and bounces back. Normally if you, if you miscarry naturally, that's usually when you're the most fertile, actually. So, you know, there's an opportunity and there's no kind of restriction. You can just continue, you know, having sex, continue to try. And this is kind of restricting because you had a major surgery. Um, and I, we, I was like, I need a break. So by the time I got my period back, I had the DNC in January. By the time I got my period back, it was like March. I was like, I need a break. I can't do this. So we didn't start trying again until December. Of 2018, I found out I was pregnant again in January. And did you find out again because of a late period? Yes. And they took me early. They took me at six weeks just to like because of my history. High, quote, yeah. High risk pregnancy. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having like a blighted ovum, so a false pregnancy. Um, but they were able, we did the DNC again because I had a chromosomal anomaly. So they just wanted to do it, but this DNC was way quicker. Recovery was way easier. And I had that in February of 2019. Yes, 2020 now. 2019. Like what year is it? I was like, where am I? Um, I had that in 2019. And I didn't get my period back until the very beginning of April. And from April until this was the first time in my life I wasn't like a clock, like regular. My cycle was from 26 to 32 days. And I was used to getting pregnant very quickly. The two times I tried to get pregnant, I got pregnant in a month or two. I was not getting pregnant. And it was just like so much for anyone who struggles to conceive. It's literally the worst. It's not fun for you're just disappointed. It's like you're just sad. Yep. You're sad. You, you know, your partner is also not stoked to have sex with you constantly because it's like, get in here right now. It also like, takes the like pleasure away from having yes, sex. It becomes very transactional. And I think, again, yeah. everyone's different. And for some couples, it might not be like that. But like after everything that Mason and I had been through, it felt like 
it was very hard. I know the doctor would be like, okay, you should go have intercourse with your husband tonight. And I'm like, that sounds like we're going to meeting in a conference room like this for something called intercourse. Yeah. It's wild. So I got really frustrated and like, I'm not in like, we weren't in like a hurry. Like it's like, I need to have kids tomorrow. It was more so like, I'm now aware of fertility and how it works and that every day you lose eggs. Thank you universe. Mm -hmm. And you I didn't know that. Know how so long it's gonna I, take. You don't know how long it's going to take. So I was feeling anxiety on that front. And I was like, you know what? Let me just, I'm going to do, I'm going to get my fertility checked again and maybe I'll freeze my eggs. I was like, my fertility is where it needs to be. Like, I'm not in a super hurry. Let's just, if I can get away with doing one freezing cycle and get like a good batch, I can get like eight to 10. If we need them, we need them. No, if I don't smart. use them, I can donate them. Because I'm not in a hurry, but either way, like if we do decide to go the route of IVF, we're going to have to do this part anyway. So maybe I'll just do it now. That was really, it's very proactive and smart of you too, because you don't know what's going to happen. No, and you never know. You don't know. And so I was like, okay, so I went to Kind Body. You know, I didn't know what that was. And then a few months ago, I was walking in Flatiron and I had like, it's like yellowish branding. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I peek in, I'm like, this looks cute. I thought it was like a hair salon. I'm so stupid. And I was like, oh. This is a fertility place. Yeah, this it's is great. So my speed. And so I like went to their Instagram and they actually had messaged me in the past. And I want to go in there and see it because it's really cool. I just love what they're doing. And like, it's just, really amazing. No, not like fertility. There's nothing about normal about fertility, but it's, they're normalizing it. And it's like making it okay to talk about for so long. No one spoke you about this. You don't feel defective when you're yes. in there, which is like, I know that fertility, you know, infertility, fertility issues, anything like none of it means we're defective. It's just nobody talks about it. So you feel that way. And also not even that no one prepares you for this. No one, no one told me when I was taught about a period. And then like when I got a period and when I was put on birth, no one explained to you like what actually happens. They just explained that like when a penis goes in a vagina, you make a baby. And it's like, nope, that happens like a few days out of the month, if that. And like some women don't even ovulate. Like I don't ovulate. Which was like, cool, maybe someone should have told me that. Yeah, like maybe I should have looked into that years ago and you just, you just don't know. You don't know. It's scary. And like no one, health class, like you didn't learn about that. Exactly. It's like really scary to me for like, I love that so many people are opening up about this now because hopefully it'll like pass down to like younger girls and boys that are, you know, they'll learn that they don't like have to go on the pill to like, and suppress their ovaries like I did for so long. Or, you know, it's. Takes two to tango, baby. Yeah. Let's teach boys a little bit about yeah, exactly. uh, their part in uh, pregnancy. Well, and especially when it's like your husband or life partner, like they, like Jordan felt like helpless. Like there's nothing. He, there's not, he's like, what can I do? I'm like literally nothing, nothing besides just like be there for me and just we're going to get through this and don't hate me that like I'm causing all this. These like yeah. I'm basically procrastinating this process for yeah. us. Um, so did you do genetic testing after? So, the second? Uh, yeah. so after the first one, we did Mason and I both did full genetic workups. Um, okay. we were fine, which they were Amazing. like, let's just look at everything. So it was a chromosomal genetic thing. Um, but we'll look at everything. So we're, there's no anomalies or anything like that. Like we were good. So we felt good about that. Um, and you know, so after the second one, it was like, I was like, okay, like I'm more pre- mentally prepared for this. I was in like a total shock. I was like, I'm ready to try again as soon as I get my period. Like, let's go. And since I wasn't getting pregnant and then we were getting to that, you know, I was tracking my ovulation. I was like, okay, hello. See, I was like, hello, sir. Transactional sex. Yeah. This, is, this is it. I was like, you can't go out to dinner tonight. We have to do this thing. Yes. Yeah, literally. 
uncomfortable. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get my fertility checked. Let's, I'm going to start this process just to have information and, you know, see um, where we're at. And so um, I went in, they counted my eggs. Um, I had nine on one side, 11 on the other, uh, which they were like, you're 32. It's exactly where you want to be. You have good fertility. We like to see 15 to 25. Um, you know, anywhere in the range. They're like, it doesn't matter. You'll get a different 15 num- to 25 total. Total. Yeah. Okay. 15 to 25 total. They're like, it'll vary per month, but you know, that's where a good, you're in a good range. You're fine. I was like, great. So they're like, all right, next step is we want you to come back in a couple of weeks and we want you to, um, we're going to basically measure your uterus because how thick your uterine wall does have to do with how, um, you know, you're holding a pregnancy. If you can like hold it, if it'll stay, here's my pregnancy brain having trouble with words. No, that's okay. If it will like attach. take like extra progesterone to like help. Yeah. Make the walls thick. Um, really really Build good walls. Really, really good scientists over <laughs> over here um and, this is how things should be explained yeah, because it's easier to understand yeah and so i was like great so i made made the next appointment um ideally it should be i think they wanted it to be like a day or two after your cycle ends after your period ends because something with the walls uh, whatever Something I wasn't, I was like, okay, great. So I tried to time with that. So it was like three and a half, four weeks. Um, and I told them, I was like, listen, like I have been regular, like I've been, you know, I've never not been regular. So I don't know if something happened in the DNC and like my system's just like not whatever. And so it's okay. Just make it. We'll deal with that when the time comes. So when I went, I was like, I still haven't gotten it. And they were like, okay, let's just like go up there, you know? And for those of you who don't know, the vaginal camera. So you're basically like you would be at the gynecologist, legs and stirrups, and the vaginal camera goes in. It looks like a dildo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the beginning of many things. Yeah, the beginning of many things. Um, looks like a dildo. And I'm there, and she's like looking at the screen, and she makes kind of a face, like a little bit of a confused frowning face, and my stomach like drops. I was like, oh my God, I don't have a uterus. Yeah. I was like, something, great. I was like, something's wrong. I was like, I fuck. Now? I was like, I'm missing something. I don't have fallopian tube. Like I'm something's wrong. She goes, well, we can't do this test today. And I was like, okay. And she turns the screen around and goes, you're pregnant. I'm like literally crying. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anything. Cause I never saw an embryo in either pregnancy. And I started hysterically crying. So I was like, oh. it was Mason with you. No. Cause I was just like, oh I was like, gosh. you need to come. I was just doing my thing. Like yeah. whatever. I was like, you know, the next step is for you to do a s- sperm count too. If like, you know, whatever. I was like, we both have to do this thing, but like, it wasn't, we hadn't made the choice of what we were going to do yet. So it was like, whatever. Yeah. And so that's how I found out I was pregnant. How far along were you? I was probably uh, like five weeks. I was measuring like five weeks in a day. Oh my gosh. So um, then, then do you make an appointment at your OB or? So I was freaking out and. How did you be? How did you tell Mason? I. I think I wouldn't be able to keep it in my pants. I would have like called and be like. I, I, as soon as I left, I was like, I'm pregnant. I like, there was like no emotion. I was like, yeah. I don't, I'm pregnant. <laughs> what, did, did, what did he say? He was like, what? And it was over the phone. Yeah. I was like, I'm pregnant. I don't, yeah. I was like, I don't, I mean, I know how it happened, but like, it wasn't just like, you know, it was the time where it was like, yeah, did you get, it wasn't it's like, a, did, it wasn't like, did you get your period, you know, kind of thing. So 
kind body was nice enough to ease my fears until I could go in for my eight week, eight, 10 week appointment. They took me every single week and we did a vaginal sonogram. Kind body. That's amazing. So I could know it was still there. To give you that ease. Did you take extra like hormones at all? Mm -mm. No, I just went on prenatals and I was like, they're like, you can come back every week. They're like, you don't have to, but like it's there. And they knew my, you know, they had my records from all my files. So it was, but it was just really nice because I was like, hello. It's until you start to feel it move. You're like, are you still there? You almost forget you're pregnant. Like when I didn't have morning sickness, like I didn't show for, I really started to pop in October. So I had to have been like five or six months pregnant. Yeah. Maybe seven, seven. I can't do math anymore. And that is when I was like, oh my God, like this is really happening. Like you can easily forget. And I was considered like high risk pregnancy since we did fertility treatment. And when I like quote graduated from the fertility center and like I didn't have to go to the doctor, I was used to going to the doctor four to five times a week Yeah, let for like ultrasounds, injections, blood work to like not go there. I'm like, no, I have to come here. I like, have to go. You're like, I need the I, reassurance. Yeah. It's, it's scary. Hard it's really scary. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I just started to feel him kick like probably two weeks ago. So that's amazing. Now I know he's there. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's and been my, that's been the journey thus far. I'm so like not happy for you for what happened. Cause that is truly just like very scary. But I'm so happy that you have opened up about this and like are comfortable enough to talk about it. Because I remember when I was saying, like telling my mom, like, oh, I'm going on like Clomid first. And you know, they don't know what this is. And then when she was telling her friends, like, oh, I did that too. And no one in that generation spoke about it. And they were going, no one, this. no one spoke about miscarriage. No one spoke about infertility. It was just like such a secret. And I didn't talk about it with that many people when I was going through it because I never wanted someone to ask me like, how's it going? Like, what's the latest? I only told like a few people I can yeah. call. And it's just like so important to be able to talk about it because it makes you feel less alone. And the the fertility episode I had on earlier, my friend Abby did infertility treatments and also had a miscarriage. And like the amount of my like readers and listeners that the episode resonated with, like I want to keep sharing stories like this because it's so important. It's it's wild. And it's, it's so common. It's so crazy. And no one talks about it because you, as the woman, you do feel responsible in a way, even though it's like, totally not listen, 99% of the time, it's nothing that the mother, the carrier did. You can't control it. It's just like, okay, I guess I'll sit here and like hope science works in my favor. And, but you can't help but feel a sense of responsibility because you're the vessel. You're like, it's your body. So and everyone tells you, you know, we do all these things to control our bodies. We work out, we watch what we eat, we, you know, we can control so many things through our diet. You know, there's all this, you know, I think everyone's talking a lot about biohacking right now with intermittent fasting and all these different diets. Like we're tricked into thinking that we have control mm-hmm. over our bodies and what happens. Only to a certain extent. And it only goes so far. Exactly. Yeah. And this is one of those things that like, you that you just can't control so it's hard i think i had the hardest time because there was nothing i could like grasp onto as the reason mm-hmm. so it wasn't like okay well now i know for next time i'll avoid this thing that i did and it won't happen you just again don't know. there was it's so out of your control 
And you also can hear people say like, oh, I cut this out or I did this. And like, then I got pregnant. Like that was what would drive me crazy is like I had unexplained infertility. And so I would like- Which is so many people. people. Yeah. Like I would hear people say, oh, I cut out like gluten, dairy, like my left arm. Like I cut out everything. Like I went to yoga three times a day, like meditated, like took this herb, did acupuncture. And then, but that doesn't necessarily, like we don't know what actually like worked and- it's so, it could be it's, so overwhelming. It's and not a straight cause and effect, no. which is hard. Like it could be a combination of things that that person did. It could, again, it's, you know, this idea that everyone's body is different and you just so don't different. know. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's plenty of people in like middle America that like, I'm sure go to McDonald's three times a day and they get pregnant and oh, yeah. that's like, you know, heavily oh, processed yeah. food. So it's not so just. So it's not just that. There's yeah. so many things. There's people who. I mean, don't work out, don't take care of themselves, don't watch what they put in their body and have 12 kids. And you're like, what? Have you been able to do Y7 classes now that you're feeling better again? So yes. So I have been doing them. I know it's kind of a taboo thing. Um, I've been, so we only heat till to about like 85, 90. It's Um, not that, that hot. It's like manageably warm. It's not a Bikram heat. And I've been doing, um, I've been doing the slow burn classes only. Okay. So it's not as um, cardio intensive. So it's not super one breath, one movement. And I have a heated practice. I've been doing this for six years on a super consistent basis. So yeah. my body can regulate to that. It, I wouldn't recommend anyone start taking Y7 up right oh, now no, if they're no, pregnant. Like when they're pregnant. No. no. And then I would also just, I would avoid anything heated when you're in your first trimester. That's like, totally. the, I think most critical point of you're developing all the, ner- the baby's developing all the neural tubes and everything. And like the, you want to just keep at a really neutral core temperature. Um, so I avoided it the first trimester and I was so sick that I literally didn't like do anything, but anything. all I did was eat bread. Oh, so, well, that's when I saying, what have been your pregnancy cravings and aversions? So I haven't had any cravings or aversions. The one like weird craving I had my first trimester only, I could not get enough of. And it's like the weirdest I'm all, excited. I, what is it? all I wanted was tuna melts I love tuna melts I never eat them anymore I I, I have to eat them. I I don't know the last time I had tuna melt and all of a sudden I got pregnant I was like I wanted fucking tuna melt that is so funny. like on toasted white bread like yeah. a craft American cheese like, I want tuna a melt. tuna melt that is amazing. It, it was so funny. And like, I've since kind of lost the urge to have them like every day because mm-hmm. I really, really wanted them constantly. Um, but I haven't really had, I used to, before I was pregnant, there would be times where I would like, oh, I really want like a steak or like things like that. I haven't craved meat at all. Okay. I don't have an aversion to it. Yeah. But I haven't really wanted it. Like it Not doesn't. It. It's s- funny. It's usually the opposite for most women. That yeah. Which encouraged. is so funny. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like. I don't know. Like, there's I'm nothing not, you look at that you like want that you're like, oh my gosh, that look, looks disgusting, or the smell of it, or anything. No, I've kind of lost my taste for cucumbers, which is weird. Cucumbers like barely have a taste. I know, <laughs> but like, I, I really like cucumbers. Like, I was so funny. I don't know. Ezra has this cucumber toy, and when you said that, I started laughing because it looks like a flaccid penis. Yeah, and it like wobbles and like looks in the air. Yeah, so it's cucumber. I'm like, what? It just reminds me. It's that it's that visual. Yeah, Yeah, like I don't know. Usually I like cucumbers on my salad and stuff for like a crunch. And I'm like, I didn't have any cravings the entire pregnant. I was the most boring pregnant person ever, but I couldn't look at or smell at roasted Brussels sprouts or like roasted vegetables. And I was pregnant over Thanksgiving as well. And I was like, I can't like smell this. Like that would like I never threw up, like I never felt sick, but it would get me like queasy, like 
I don't know. It's the randomest thing. Even now. It's weird. I like, yeah, there's not anything that I'm like super grossed out by, but there's also not anything like as far as, yeah, like as far as sweets go, like, you know, I've always just like occasionally wanted a cookie. Like, who doesn't want a cookie? Well, I'm happy I brought you some. Yeah, right. I was like, I want a cookie. Perfect. I brought you mini chocolate chip cookies. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, What are you most nervous about for motherhood? Oh, I, you know, my dad is one of nine. I know. I'm going to do it If you guys could see Rachel's face right now. Oh my gosh. I know. That would be like my dream. I just like don't have the like bandwidth. I know. <laughs> dream. Kids. I would it's love like, to do I that. want like, ideally I want like four kids because I thought like watching my dad and his siblings is like so, like they have so much fun. It's a crew. You have like a tribe. Yeah, you have like, you have your crew. A built in. family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but, um, so I've been around and my dad's the second oldest. So I'm one of like 23 and I'm the third oldest. So for me, it's like I grew up around babies. So like yeah. I'm not nervous about like the newborn stuff. Like I was always begging to hold my cousins. Oh, like, that's good. Literally, my cousins were like in high school right now. I like watched them. Like I've been with them since they came out of the womb. Oh my gosh. I never held a baby before Ezra. Really? So like I'm really like I have no problem. Like you can give me a newborn. You can hand yeah. me a kid straight out the womb and I'll be fine. That's amazing. Like I can I can hold, I can change. I know how to do like, you know, yeah. for anyone who has boys, which I'm sure is a shock for you, the little penis hat you put on so they don't pee on you when you're changing the diaper. <laughs> I never used it as only peed on me once. I yeah. would just like put the diaper right on top. Yeah. But Ezra just found his penis, so now he's like playing. Oh, with he's it. like, yeah. oh, here's this thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I like know, you know, yeah, the Vaseline, the whole like thing. So that's like very like easy for me. Um, not easy, but I know kind of what you to, know what expect to expect there. I I don't know if I'm super nervous for anything. I think it's a lot now for feels like a very big responsibility to be the one who's responsible for keeping this human alive, whereas before yeah. it would be like my friends' kids or like, you know my cousin. So I give it, you give it back to the parents and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm only responsible for this thing for like an hour. That's like what as you know? parents say with, that they love about being a grandparent. You usually give it back. You're like, cool, mm-hmm. you have fun. See you later. We're going to go to dinner kind totally. of thing. So I think that's what I'm most nervous about is not, it's not nervous. It's just like, it feels like, whoa, like this is all me. It's all me, Mason, my husband, yeah. you know, like this is our we're responsible for keeping this person alive. And that's just like, it feels like an overwhelming responsibility, but you know, the little stuff I feel like, okay, about like, it's an adjustment. Yeah. Like I've done the snot, you know, the, where you suck the boogers out. Like I've done that for half my friend's kids. Like I just pick Ezra's nose now. Yeah. Like my, my best girlfriend from home was like, what she like had it. She was like, I guess they have to use this thing. I was like, give it to me. I was like, I can do it. She was like, you know how to do this? I was like, yeah. She's like, you're going to suck my child's boogers out of her nose. I was like, yeah, watch. I was like, it's not be- I'm not going to eat them. Yeah. I was like, that's not how it works. I was like, they just need the air to pull it out. So exactly. I feel good about like all of that stuff. Yeah. It's but, more just like life changing. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, the, I'm like very fascinated by my body. It's so weird that we can uh-huh. do this. It's the weirdest. It's the craziest thing to me. I'm like, because other than like, you know, like, yes, you like gain weight and like, but like your stomach truly expands and it's like, it, it, it's like all of a sudden, like I just looked pretty, I just started like, I like popped, popped probably around like five months. I'm like counting when I started to pop. So I can figure one. Yeah. Mine was about five and a half, six months. I woke up one day with a bump. Didn't have yeah. a bump, woke up the next day I had a bump. So I just kind of looked like, 
Oh, she like gained Cold a little bloated. weight. Yeah, yeah. she's like she gained a little weight in the stomach, like she's a little fat. No one and would that, ever call you fat. But you know what I mean? It's like oh, yeah. I looked at myself, I was like, can't wait till I look more pregnant. When did you don't. announce it? How far along were you? We waited until like 17 weeks. Yeah. We told I we told like our close friends and like um family at like 14. Um, right after we got like all the, we wanted like all the blood, like all the results back totally. before we told anyone. And then around like, you know, we told the internet around like 17 weeks. So that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. I'm going to transition to like the fireball ending questions. Okay. Um, they're not that. that fast, but like I call, I should probably change the name fireball. Um, what I is, like, the, I was like, I'm ready. They're not like boom, boom, boom. I have, my, are, have my mitts on. I'm ready to catch them. <laughs> they're meant to be answered quickly, but a lot of the time I guess have like a few minutes to like a few seconds. I should say they have to like think about it. The first one is what is one wellnessy trend that you buy into? Oh, I have like all the like facial rolling. Like things. a jade roller? Yeah. Which one is your favorite? I like the gua sha. Yeah. That I just got that. I have to start using it. I honestly I can't tell if it's working or not, but I do it. So that's why I have a hard time committing to certain things. So I'm like, how long do I give this until I know that it's worth the investment? It's how I feel it. about celery juice. I'm like, how many years do I have oh to God. drink this in the morning to feel something different besides grossed you know, out? I interviewed Kelly Levesque a couple weeks yeah. ago and she said it perfectly. We always knew celery was healthy. It's just becoming like popular. Right. Like, like it's not a miracle cure. It's just a healthy way to have celery. Like it's not gonna like, get, cure like, you. And get as much of it as you can. Yeah. That's why I love green juices because I feel like I'm getting, because I can't physically eat that many vegetables. Like, no, me neither. You know, celery juice, you, you can use two full like, I'd things just of celery. Yeah. Celery, which I yeah. don't, but like I should. Yeah. Um, what's well wellnessy trend that drives you crazy? Oh, um, Kelly actually said kombucha, and I was sitting here next to a bottle of kombucha really? like I am right now. Yeah. I don't look at that as like a, I don't know. That just like is a fermented, I guess because I'm Asian, like it's just like a fermented food to me. So mm -hmm. it doesn't like feel like new yeah. or weird. Um, I think what I don't buy into totally is, is these like extreme diets. I don't think that like, I don't think being keto constantly is good for, I don't think is good for you. Like I don't no. think being Someone who only eats raw is good for you. I'm a big believer in everything in moderation. And I don't think every diet works for every person. No, not at all. Especially, you know, we as women, like with fertility and the hormones and the body fat that we need to retain to have a period to ovulate healthily. Like, yeah. it's, I, I'm just a big believer in like, do what makes you feel good and that's it. So I get really not annoyed. I just like, I kind of tune out when anyone who's like on an extreme, like this is the only way you should eat diet. Like it gets preachy. like preachy because it, I just can't imagine a world where like we all are the same because then we'd all have the exact same health problems. A hundred percent. Cause there's some people like, for example, if you're diabetic or have an autoimmune condition or something like eating a certain way, like grain free or gluten free or intermittent fasting or keto for diet, like that does work for them. But the average person, like I call myself an equal opportunist. Yeah. I I'm down for, I think everyone should try. 
I'm a big believer in trying things. I think everyone should try stuff, but I don't think there's a one size fits all for that. So I think when like people push like a certain diet and they're like this and people jump on the bandwagon with that, I get really annoyed with that because I don't think it's the best choice for everybody. Again, you know, it's like the same thing. Like if we were all meant to eat the same diet, we would all have the exact same health problems. And that's not. That's boring though. It's kind of too. Yeah. I like the excitement. I like whatever or something different. It yeah. actually drives me crazy when I'm out to dinner and everyone gets the same meal. I get like, so... Does really? this happen to you and Jordan? Because anytime I go out to dinner with Mason, he orders the same thing as me. I get no. so... And I'm like, well, if you're going to get that, then I'm going to get something else because I'll just have a bite of yours. We have totally different palates. Like Jordan and I like, eat so differently. Like at better? home, do similar. Like I do because he keeps... Like, for example, like once I've never seen Jordan order a salad unless we're at like Sweet Green or somewhere and we were out to dinner and I love getting like a grass-fed burger on top of like a big salad with like yeah. crunchies and avocados and whatever. Jordan goes, I think I'm going to get that too. I almost dropped dead. But within for 10 years, I've never seen him order a salad out to dinner. He was like, I'm going to get that. And that was the first time. And then I went out, my mom ordered it, my dad, like everyone ordered it. Like, Guys, this is so boring. Really? I, like someone get something else that I can do. Yeah. That. So we got like a flatbread for everyone to like try in the beginning. But the next one is what, if you weren't running shit at Y7, what would be your other career path? I I think I would have stayed in fashion a little bit longer. And I think I would have transferred to the nonprofit space. I We actually have um, a charity arm of Y7. We don't talk about it a ton because it's, yeah, it's... You should talk about we, it. I mean, we, it's not, there's we don't not talk about it for any reason, but it's something that like we do because we love and it doesn't, you know, it's just something we love to do. But, um, I work with kids a lot. I actually wanted to be a special education teacher growing up. Um, I do not have the emotional stability for it. So you must have the patience. Um, I cried every single day when I did like my senior project in high school. I just, I, I'm not emotionally like stable enough. I got way too attached. I it's not for me. Yeah, that's hard. I really respect the people who do it. And it's something I want to do, but I realize I can't do it day in, day out. Um, But I love working with kids. And so we have a program called Freedom to Flow. And it's bringing kind of this concept of mindfulness and yoga principles to um, less fortunate communities and underserved communities. So we'll go in, we'll do a class, we'll teach them about breathing, teach them about moving their bodies a little bit. And get them to really engage with like our instructors and it's been really, really fun. So we do that. Um, but I love, I really like that stuff. Cause I think there's especially, you know, and I, I feel fulfilled like in that space in my life, um, with Y7, because I think we're, what we're really aiming to do is change the face and this perception that yoga has had. Um, about kind of being inaccessible. You have to, you know, have knowledge of all these specific texts and like, that's great. But all it is, is just like, we kind of what sparked this is I was speaking in charter school um, up in the Bronx and, um, you know, my lead in was kind of like, who knows what yoga is? And I had a little boy raise his hand. I had first graders. They were all like seven, seven, eight. And a little boy raised his hand and he goes, I was like, okay, like tell me. And he goes, I do my yoga breathing so I don't punch my brother in the face when I get mad at him. Oh my gosh. And it was like the realest application. That is beautiful. Can you imagine if every child, every time they got frustrated to lash out with harsh words or in a violent way or physically, if they did a yoga, like whoever his parent or guardian, that was amazing. I was like, that is the most real life application of anything you learn in yoga. 
And this seven-year-old picked it up and it changes the way he reacts when he's frustrated. That to me was mind-blowing. And if, if, if people could do that, like how different would the world be if you were able to take a step back and take a breath that and be awesome. able to and be able to step yourself out of that frustration or anger. And I just thought that was so incredible. And I was like, how cool if we can teach that to more kids. That is amazing. And underserved communities. It's we're starting with kids. Um, but it could look like anything from um, you know, shelters, um, clinics, um, the prison system. Like I have really, I've a really broad vision for it as we continue to grow. And I just think it's really cool because you're teaching people tools that they can use in real life. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like making it accessible for people, which that's, I think is and the that's most the important. goal. That's the goal of what we do with the studio is to make the yoga practice accessible and like let's like why not like share what we love so much and what we talk about yeah. so much. It also changes like the perception of yoga and the quote like yoga girl. Like I remember sitting in I worked for like a CPG brand before doing this. I remember sitting in, like the meetings of like the target consumer of that brand and literally called the yoga girl. And it was like this tall blonde girl, like pretty thin, like walking yeah. with her yoga mat, like she's gonna buy our product and like why is it called the yoga girl like yeah she probably goes to yoga but like anyone can go to yoga anybody even if you're not a tall thin blonde yeah and that's what we're trying to change and 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 there's nothing wrong with being any of those things no but but it makes it more exclusive but exactly and that's what we're trying to change with y7 that's one of our yeah i love that when you were growing up this is a lot less of a meaningful question but when you were growing up what was your go-to fast food order and at what chain um burger king chicken fingers and fries hesitate no <laughs> i know exactly you're like i'm here for it I, were you a burger Bur- king family i was we were burger king family um i don't know why my but brother the chicken nuggets it. chicken nuggets fries that's my order eight piece <laughs> um and then the last question is it's your last day on earth what are you eating from morning until the end of the day Oh, I am getting pancakes, eggs, and bacon for breakfast. Any specific place or homemade or what? I have no specific place for that. Um, I don't have anything super specific. I have no specific places. I just know what I want. I want them. So I'll take the best. Perfect. If anyone has recommendations for my last meal, my last day of eating on earth. And then I want um, a grilled cheese. A really good grilled cheese. And then I think I would want pizza, like a huge Italian meal for dinner. Nice. And what's your dessert? Cheesecake. No one has said cheesecake. Really? I get out of here with that. Loves a cheesecake. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I know. I'm not a cheesecake fan. I love it. Oh my gosh, I wish Give me you a New York cheese. I love it. Give me a New York cheesecake from Juniors. If anyone wants to send me a gift. <laughs> just the just the, the original. I don't need any flavors. I just want the cheesecake. You are so funny. Amazing. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom you and your story me. with everyone. Thanks, everyone.